anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, another Gunners Town pub podcast uh, with myself, Gavin. Uh, joining me this evening uh, is Mr. Dave Seeger, sir. Good evening, Gavlar. Good evening, sir. And also joining is One Job, One Job Paul. Uh, <laughs> fuck you, guys. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, like I say, great to see you, boys. Uh, game of two halves. I know it's it's often said, but the first half, I nearly fucking fell asleep. Awful. You would have been you would have been better off sleeping, to be honest. <laughs> oh, and I, I even put my dinner off because my dinner was t- like I've timed my dinner wrong. So like, I'm thinking I'm going to slowly cook the rest of my dinner so I don't miss any of the first. I've been better off eating my fucking dinner, wouldn't I? Do you know what I mean? It was just dreadful the first half. I don't know. I, I just don't know, really. I know, you know, we've obviously players, squad players and players that we wouldn't expect in our first 11, really. But I was expecting a bit more the first half, really. It was just part they watched, to be honest. I mean, everything else was average. He was just... Awesome, just it's just a Rolls Royce for a player, and just I found myself the worse we got, the more I was just watching him move around the pitch. His first touch, his vision, just yeah, it was the only thing worth watching in the first half, with the exception of, of my old favourite. I have to say, Moel Moel Nenny is playing well. He's such a great continuity player. He did nothing wrong the whole ninety minutes. Those two, and Gabriel, were the only highlights in the first half. Everything was awful. I agree. Partey's got amazing timing, hasn't he? He's just he, he stays on his feet. He knows when to, you know, just to poke a foot in and completely just, you know, just steal the ball of somebody. You know, that he has a nickname as the octopus. Yeah. Right. That's, right. A that's exactly what he was like. It was just... Um, well, it's amazing. interesting. You don't want to, as an Arsenal fan, you don't want to be, you want to be making that Vieira-esque comment or he's Vieira-like. But then you hear Martin Keown, who played with Vieira for nine years, make it a half-time thing. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> he's better than us. Uh, and who's going to argue with Keown at the end of the day? Do you know what I mean? I don't think anyone would argue, argue about his choice of opticians. Those glasses okay. are horrendous. Yeah, it, it, it just, I mean, I, I guess you're right, really, Dave. I mean, I, I was sort of the same, really. I mean, I thought the only other sort of bright spark in the first half for me uh, was Saka. Always, uh, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, but like I say, I mean, the, uh, some of the balls that Partey was spraying about, I mean, it, it was one. He literally just played played the ball straight, and it just completely cut out the whole of their midfield mm. and their centre backs. And if that's what we got to look forward to, I'm, I'm pretty excited, really. It's like that expression I think they used to say about Ozil when he first came. It's like you feel like you're borrowing the ball from him. He's just lending it to you before you give it back to him. It's that you know, I'm just you know, I'm lending you the ball. And now I want it back. And it's that borrowing the ball from him. And, like, and, and, and what was interesting, we'll talk about the match, but in the second half, unfortunately, I could see already that certain players, particularly Gabriel and, and certainly uh, Bellerin, they're like, I've got the ball. What am I looking for? I'm looking for where Thomas Partey is. I'm looking for what space he's found himself. And that's all obvious already. It's his first four games, and the teammates are looking for him. You know, they're looking for him first and foremost. It's even if it's a slightly more difficult pass, if I can give it to him, I'm going to give it to him. That's a fantastic sign in the first game. Did oh. you notice, um, Dave, in the beginning, in the first half, um, is that El Nini and um, Partey were kind of sharing the dropping back options mm. to be that feeding thing. And, and it wasn't really working because they, Partey didn't really get it as much as he should have. 
it got to Elneny and he's not really, I mean, although he obviously with the goal, is, um, that through ball on the goal was awesome, but he's not really the guy that could do what Partey did in the it, second. It, it, was very, it was very noticeable that Partey wasn't, wasn't playing deep and Elneny was, but it was, it, it was that sort of fourth, it was a 4-3-3 and Saka was really wide on the left and Elneny was wide on the right and Partey was a bit further forward and I think that's what caused the problems with Leno to a degree. Just, it, it, yeah, I mean, Partey wasn't, dropping deep to receive the ball and he did so more more often later on in the game so i'm assuming arteta had a word about that definitely. yeah and that, that definitely that definitely worked better for me um re- regarding the saka comment um i found i found that like it, it seems like people have been you know um, the, the defense their defense knew how to deal with saka and, and his left-footedness and his desire to want to go down the line and then to cut in. I kind of felt like he was being nullified quite a lot. And it's, um, you know, I think he, he doesn't stop the, trying. They were getting in each other's way a bit in the first half. Yeah, that's true. And Ketia, you know, he's been asked to do a job he's not familiar with. I didn't really understand that selection. Um, if you're going to play him, play him and don't play like I said, I didn't see the point of playing both of them really. Yeah, yeah Anthony no, McCracken, I Anthony McCracken just says Ketia needs strength training. Um, still too easily knocked off the ball. I think that's, you know, that's fairly. Um, He's still young, though, isn't he? I mean, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a it's a fair comment. It's a fair comment that he does need sort of beefing up a little bit, and that that will come with a bit of age and a bit more maturity, really. But I mean, you still got to remember, he's still a young lad, isn't he? Well, yeah. two things there. Two things. At Arsenal, you only beef up when you get injured. That's obvious. <laughs> Everybody comes back twice the time. Those who did, Bellerin did, you know. So he needs an injury to get beefed up. But I think the other thing is Nketiah. It's one of those things where you know, it's, it's his body shape. He's never going to be a, a sole striker player. He's one of those unfortunate players that is. He needs to be playing in a slightly different formation. I think, and he needs to be on the end of things. That fox in the box style player. He's never going to be that come deep hold up sort of player that Lacazette is. He's never going to have that body shape. And I don't think. I don't think it would be good idea for him to get that 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 body shape because you'd be losing the best attributes of his game which is that that mode in the box and that finding creating a little bit of space finding the gaps that and whether that's at arsenal whether at someone else whether we're ever going to play the style that will suit him entirely i don't know he's just a nice player to have about eddie i mean i know he's like a lot of people have been giving him uh, a bit of hate and, and that recently, but really? he's, just a, he's just a nice player to have around. He's something completely different to what we've got, and you need that in your in your lineup. You need that in your strikers. But I don't get him playing down the left. I mean, we yeah, you know, when we if we go back when we first saw the uh, the you know the starting eleven, was almost expecting him and Lacquer to sort of almost both start down the middle. Was almost mm. licking our lips that we was going to get to see some form of like four two four four two or four three three or or whatever or four one three or whatever they bloody say. But <laughs> I just don't get I just don't get him playing down the left. I just don't get it. I think I think his job tonight was just to give Aubameyang a rest, and he did it for sixty minutes. You know, um, I, I, I would have been all about that. Yeah, it would, it would have been great, Kev. I think to see actually um, Nketiah playing off of Lacazette. You know, because um, when Lacazette did get the ball. Firstly, he had the touch of a pedophile today. It was like really bad. Um, his control was bad. Um, oh, and this one, had... let me make a note of that. <laughs> <laughs> and when um, hey, don't put that in any vlogs this week, lads. No, 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 <laughs> and when... I, can't, I can't spell it, so I won't. <laughs> and when he when he did get I'll the ball, no it, it kind of there was nobody near him to kind of 
play it. So his hold up was play. You know, you kind of feel like Eddie would be the person who could play, you know, kind of a Griezmann role off of somebody like Giroud if Lacazette was going to do that, you know, um, well, with if, a little one-touch flick-ons yeah. and, you know. So, to, to, to barge in on you there, right, if Martinez was fit, right, Martinelli. Would he have gone? Would he have gone with Martinez down the left and played Eddie down the no, middle? Martinez, Martinez would have been better than him. Martinez has gone to Aston Villa. He's that old and bloody, you know, Uno, mate. He's rubbish down the left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Martinelli's. I think. I think right, that's it. They, they all. They all sound the same. Do you know what I, mean? I think. I think Martinelli walks into the team if he's fit, but I think you know. I don't. I don't think we've got to worry about that for a few weeks yet. So do you put Martinelli on the left then and Aubameyang down the middle? Well, I think I think he's wait. Yeah, I think he's waiting to see you know, what, what happens with Partey and, and and what formation he can play that allows Aubameyang play down the middle at the moment. It's working Aubameyang playing down the left, and if it, if it's working, there's no need to fix it. But but I think long term, yeah, I, I think we'd all like to see Aubameyang playing in the middle. But he can't. I don't want him playing in the middle in the Lacazette role. That's the thing. You need to have the. Yeah. You have the, the tools and then provide us permission. And this is this age old argument about we haven't got creativity without Ozil at the side, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, we'll just have to wait and see how he's going to position the players around him. And that, when, when that's Martinelli's fit and parties in the side and Pepe's firing and Saka's firing, that's, a, that's, that's four pretty creative players. But what we haven't had is them all put together. And we certainly haven't had them all playing well together. I mean, your comment about Pepe, okay, finally he, he hit a superb cross for the equaliser, but you know, he, he literally can't beat the first man. Why he's still taking the odd free kick, I've no idea. He scored two free kicks last year and every single dead ball situation since has been woeful. Yeah. He has he wasn't great tonight. Um it's it's hard to it's hard to watch a player like that and, and to make any kind of comments on Twitter because obviously you just get your head ripped off, you know, for, oh. for you know, if there's always like an agenda. But you know, there are games where you can look at a player and say, man, this, it's just not well, really working. However much Rausanelli overspent on him, and, you know, and we can talk about that, it's, it's old news. Nobody wants a club to spend £72 million on, on that player not to perform. There's no Arsenal fan who should have an agenda against Pepe, but you have to take the price tag away and judge on the performances. And on the performances right now, he, he isn't necessarily, for me, a first-choice starter. Right. Much yeah. as I well, want. I mean, he, he, he's, the first decent ball that he played all evening was for the was for the goal. Yeah, and that was just that was a kind of just a, a ball into the box. It wasn't fantastic for me. Louise's header was what was fantastic to rise out of that yeah. group. Yeah. Comment come in on come comment come in from one of our writers, um, Gambino there about Nelson. I totally agree. I, I thought I didn't necessarily think Nelson would start, but I think he could have made that change a lot earlier. Uh, I think you could have taken the Enketia off and given Nelson a run. Um, obviously, he felt he needed to bring a Bamiang on, but I agree with uh, Gambino. I think um, I think Nelson deserved more minutes tonight, and he must be very frustrated. Um, we've got Mike McDonald about to join us. So I'm going to add him to the stream. Um, Okie dokie. Here he comes. There he is. There he is. Good hey, Mike. Good evening. Good evening. Celebration. Bring water. <laughs> <laughs> That yeah, was a game I'm, I'm drinking coffee as well. Yeah, is it only me? Is it only me that's having a beer? Hold on. Has Paul got no, his goldfish bowl? No, I don't. I've got. I'm I'm on a fast because um, I have to lose some lockdown kilograms. So I'm drinking water and a, quite a lot of it too. I'm, 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 a, sh I'm a shame. I'm a shame. Disgusted by all of you. We don't even know if you're drinking beer. You might just be showing off and pretending you are because we can't see you. So, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Old Gav is incognito as, as normal. In fact, yeah. 
Mixes, uh, have you yeah. been on the sauce? I'll tell you, we haven't spoken about yet. Gabriel, you know, every game he gets better, oh. doesn't he? Um, I just, I just think, I just don't know who he's going to be, who's going to be the partner long term if we're going to play four at the back. It, 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 I love David Louise, but I still don't think, I'm still not convinced that's that's a partnership in the back four long term. What do you think, Mike? What about, um, well, Louise and yeah, whether that's a partnership long term in a four. Yeah, yeah, I, I would stay with Louise right now. He's doing well. He's playing well. Um, in a, um, in a forward, long term, I'm talking about. Not right now. I'm talking about long. You know, if we go to back for long term. Yeah, yeah. I would go, well, I mean, the hope is for Saliba, but it doesn't look like that's happening anytime soon. Um, in the meantime, um, I'm a big fan of Callum Chambers, Callum Chambers myself, um, and I can't ignore that Mustafi played well um, in the, after the restart. Uh, but I would stick with David Louise. Um, I don't think we need to necessarily sign anybody because that would just kill Saliba. No, 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 I'm not saying that. Yeah. We've got about 400 centre-backs anyway, haven't we? Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I'm diving in here. I, my Chelsea mate, my one Chelsea mate, when we signed Louise, I said, well, what do you reckon? He said, just don't play him in a back four. Just don't play him as part of a two, two-man centre-back. Yeah, most Chelsea the same. Do you know what I mean? And... and He's gonna, he's gonna, as as much as he's our most experienced centre back and blah blah blah. No, I'm not having Louise in a, in a four four two. Not, it's just gonna be a ricket every game. Liga. Um, no, I agree. I agree. Much as I like him, I do agree. In right now, yes. In a month's time, when everyone's fit, no. <laughs> For me, right. Um, Charlie, with me, callers. Charlie reckons um, Bellerin deserves some credit, and I agree. I mean, when he came yeah. on, well, actually, those that first bunch of substitutes transformed us from, you know, something like Valium FC into something a little bit more um, yeah. proactive. They say we just, we just weren't getting at them, was we? We just weren't getting at we just weren't getting at their back line. So yeah. we needed, you know, and them two subs. It, it, well, they both done exactly what they were supposed to do, which is to sort of attack, attack the full backs and you know get the balls in the box. It's perfect. Perfection by us. I don't attach any blame to Cedric, you know. I, I think he had quite a solid game. I just don't think there's an understanding with Cedric and Pepe. They haven't had much time together. I don't think that was... I mean, obviously, Arteta had a word towards the end of the first half and it got a bit better. I don't think Cedric did a lot wrong. He started the game quite well, but Bellerin's just a different level. Yeah. yeah. Or Freddie Mercury, as I like to call him these days. Yeah. <laughs> Bellerin's apparently... He's been saying that he's been working... Um, after training individually uh, with his attacking game. And I think it shows the thing that um, bugged me for years with Bellerin was um, he would go down the wing, uh, receive the ball and pass it backwards and go down the wing and receive the ball and pass it backwards. And there was I, think that was a Venger, I think that was a Wenger instruction rather than a Bellerin problem. Yeah. <laughs> but now there seems to be more adventure in his game and he made a difference tonight. He made a difference against, was it Sheffield United? The ball across uh, that set up the goal there. Um yeah, so there's an improvement there. Yeah, there's um, a comment you know, on El Nene. I agree with that. He, 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 I don't. Well, I don't agree with the sentiment he's underrated because he's Egyptian. Do <laughs> 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 you think he's underrated by Arsenal supporters? And I think, I mean, you saw Karen Carney said it in commentary. She's been super impressed with him this season. He hasn't done anything wrong, and people will talk about the creativity. And then occasionally you'll get that that you know, that ball for the winning goal was absolutely slide rule. Yeah, so, right. that's the thing though, Dave, isn't it? With El Nenny, he rarely does anything wrong. But then the question is, how much does he do? Not right, because if he's not doing anything wrong, he's doing 
everything right. But it's the again, it's that how much adventure do you want from him versus he just offers technical stability and ball retention, doesn't he? Uh, and the occasional well, equalizer. Well. <laughs> um, you know what, um, Mike? Last week um, we we spoke about the breakdown between the midfield and the and the front four. Um, let's let's call it that. Um, you know, we, we're we're playing out of the back. Well, we were playing out of the back better. We didn't tonight. We'll discuss that later, I'm sure. But um, I found that when our midfield did reach our front four, which was difficult because the movement was, they were lying, they were pretty much flat on the shoulders of all the defence, most of, especially in the first half. And it seemed that any time a ball was pinged through to them in the first half, they did that first touch back pass back all the way back to the, you know, to the defence, instead of having the kind of awareness of going like, oh, if I drop a shoulder, let this go through, turn, you know, like, um, you know, makes and, and actually try and progress with it. The, the cha- I think chances were there. It just seems like, you know, it's a lack of awareness of, of the space behind you. you know, or, lack of, just, or lack of confidence, maybe. Confidence, that's mm. true. Like the risk, the risk-taking element. It's like the, it's a low-risk, very high-boredom kind of style of play that we were <laughs> <laughs> that we were in in the first half. That's how I saw it anyway. What are you reckon? You hit the nail on the head, though, Paul. And Dave's point could be the answer to the problem. It could be confidence. But, you know... You're playing rapid Vienna, and it's the Europa League. If you lose or draw, it's not the end of the world. You wouldn't think that confidence would be that big of an issue tonight because not that much riding on it. I just think that pre pre the first goal, I suppose, or those substitutions, I don't know what the time exactly was, but there's such a lack of risk and adventure, as you say, Paul, from Arsenal in general. It's just it's very robotic, I find. Um and it, to me, it looks like a game of keep away. You know, I, I wrote in my notes for my blog later, um, did did they, Rapid Vienna, have a goalkeeper? Of course, I'm being sarcastic, but what on earth did that guy do for an hour? I didn't know who he was, what he looked like. It looks like you were playing keep away. It's like Peter Cech, if you want to know. <laughs> I'm not sure what he looked like that guy because we, keep, we get the ball, we play keep away in two-thirds of the field, and he gets in the final third, as you say, Paul, and it goes back backwards as if as if there's no goal and it's just a grid you know yeah but is it mike mike is that is that down right so the the midfielders not picking the pass right or is it down to the attackers not making the runs um i think it's both i think it's more our attack at least tonight the movement was um it it was uh delayed at best and um not intelligent uh and then when they're making runs ordinarily with the higher line in previous games, mid, our midfielders are not finding those Aubameyang uh, runs, for example. So there's there's all kinds of different issues, I think. Yeah. I think in Ketia, for whatever reason, he's not, um, he wasn't comfortable on the left. And it's it's different runs. If you're playing up front on the left, it's different runs than if you're playing through the middle. You know, Aubameyang's used to running from left in and, and Ketia's used to curving his run out. Lacassette just doesn't make runs. So, you know, there was... Yeah. I don't know what Karen Carney was watching when she said, oh, that great ball over the top, you know, Lacazette's pacing behind. I'm thinking, which player is she watching? You know, which yeah. pace? You know, when's Lacazette last show pacing behind? I mean, it wasn't for Arsenal. It must have been for Leon. I've never yeah. seen. You know, he's a great hold-up player. He's instinctive in the box when he's on on song. But making runs in behind, I'm not sure. No. That's his game. Yeah. yeah. Well, Nketiah's well, been used a couple of times, hasn't he, out wide, and it hasn't worked. And I don't know if... You know, there has to be an element of trust and you've got to give something a go longer than 95 minutes. I get that. But I don't know if you guys have talked about Nelson. I don't know 
every time I watch Nelson, he either has a pretty decent cameo or a really good hour when he's allowed to play that long. We just, said, we just said before you arrived that he, we were surprised. He, well, I was saying I was surprised he didn't get on earlier today. He keeps vanishing, doesn't he? And he's not allowed back. So I don't understand why he wasn't given a shot tonight. May no sense. It, it ties in with the the nails, uh, the um, catching point, though, because I can't remember. It was someone on one of our writers wrote on Gunnerstown that. Or or maybe even I did actually. But Inketia plays for England. He plays like Man City play with two wide men who are going to get to the byline and cut the ball back. Yeah, and that's what Inketia needs to be coming onto the ball in in the six yard box, and yeah. oh. that's what he that's his game. And he and you don't score fourteen goals in, for England twenty ones, and that's that's you're pretty good at that game. But it's not it's not our style. But it could be. It could be. We've got the players to play like that. We've got the wide men. We've got Nelson. We've got Saka that can beat a man. We've got Marcelli can beat a man. We've got Pepe that can beat a man and get to the byline and pull it back. But we don't do it very often. And I don't really know why. I wish we did. Yeah, I think we did um, towards the end of last season. I felt like Saka, um, Kolasinac, um, like a few of those players when, when we were playing, we did have some like a series of games where I feel like I remember them like there being these amazing crosses, you know, like coming in from the mm. left. Tierney might have been doing some of them. Um, yeah, but it's our rather than our wingers, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I, have just, so, I have just seen the most ridiculous red card I think I've ever seen. I'm not sure. I'm just having a look on the telly. Why are you still, still here then? I'm still holding up at you. <laughs> oh, don't. I know. <laughs> the feather, a feather's right. It's the other. Hold on. What game? I hope you're not watching game, Gavin. You're not going to say it publicly if you are. What's that? You're not going to say you're watching the Tottenham game on an Arsenal No, player. no, I'm watching Sparta Prague versus Lille, right? And this fella's, he's, he's running, into, the attacker's uh, running into the box. He's gone to, he's, got, he's tried to stop and he's skidded, took out the goalkeeper and he's got a card. And he, he's, I think it might have been his second yellow and he's now off. It's the most ridiculous sending off I've ever seen. Anyway, go on, where were we? We were, well, Nick, I digress. The, the the Inketia thing, I, I agree that he is a um, he's a six yard box finisher. But Arsenal's centre forward plays almost the opposite way. He has to come and uh, come back towards the box, play the false nine, hold it up, and so then his his opportunities to get all the way into the six yard box are going to be hard because he's about 30, 40 yards from the six-yard box as we start to go forward and develop the attack. So I don't think – I think Dave makes a great point. Lacazette is better with his back to goal than what uh, Nketiah is. Um, and then other way around, if you want to play a different way and and uh, get get balls cut in from the uh, from the wings in, Nketiah is significantly better than Lacazette. But um, I think people label them as, as being similar, but I think they're almost opposite in that regard. I think we, if we follow that point logically on, what was working well at the end of last season and the beginning of this season was Lacassette runs the opposition into the ground for 70 minutes, then you bring in Ketir on. It worked against West Ham, you know, it worked this season. And that's when we should change our style of play. If we're going to play with that hold-up play, you know, it wear them down, Lacassette's done his job, then bring in Ketir on and then, then bomb on, get the crosses into the box. Almost have two styles of play, one for 60 minutes, 70 minutes, and one for 20 or 30 minutes. And, and I think that would work really well and then utilise both of them. And I'm sure Enketia at 21, if he's playing every week in the Premier League, albeit not starting, he's going to be he's going to be happy with that at this stage of his career. You know, that's going to be great use of his talent, I think. Yeah. 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 And obviously bring Martinelli into that equation and we've got, you know, that's a lot of options. Uh, let's talk about Leno for a little bit. 
What did you think? Oh, oh do we have to? Oh, yeah, yeah no, let's talk about it. Let's, this is a pub after all. <laughs> it's the kind of thing we've got to talk it, about. It's been coming, Paul, hasn't it? Hasn't it been coming? He looks very stiff to me when he gets the ball at his feet. Too vertical, too stiff, too delayed. He hasn't made his mind up what his options are. He wants to take a touch and then look at his options. Well, in this day and age where people are pressing you, you've got one second. And you've got a not are only... Are you or Bert Leno there? Well... <laughs> Amen. Yeah, stick either of them in the goal. Right, needs stages, doesn't know what he's going to do, needs to take a touch. Oh, Bert Leno, yeah, sorry. Maybe Ozil could play in goal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think that's harsh, you know, I think, I think he, you know, I think we all knew that Martinez was better with his feet, but I think Leno's looked pretty solid and confident. That's the first time that I think I've been genuinely worried. I mean, it, and he was obviously lost confidence after the mistake, but I don't think that, I haven't felt that this season. Have you guys, have you really no, felt no, it was just this, it was just this game. I think he's, I think he's, you know, um, I think he's pulled off some good saves. I've, I've even got him as my header in Twitter. So um, he's removed Lacazette from up there. So, so that must be a good thing. <laughs> I think it must make a difference though. You know, I'm ne- I've never played in goal, you know, in any serious football, but, it must make a difference when you're so used all season you play behind a back three and suddenly you're playing behind a back two. And it, it must make a difference. It must make a difference in the positioning, the, the two centre-backs going wide, but there's always a central option and two options. Suddenly you've got two options. And maybe if they're not at quite the right angle, it's going to make a difference when normally you've been used to having three for the last two months. Yeah, must make a good point. That's a good point. I like what Rich says in the chat. Um, there about his presence, the communication. I think that has been an issue. I did notice tonight... Uh, three on three occasions, I made a note for my, my writings later that I heard Leno three times tell El Nenny twice and Party once to turn. And and I know that seems so elementary, but that's one of the biggest problems in the Arsenal team is that our players are too willing to get it and give it straight back to the defence. And he would tell them to turn. So exactly, exactly. Yeah, Thomas Party was actually playing forward, but a lot of that was coming from Leno. I heard him talking to him. I'd say it was interesting yeah. in that as well. Is if you remember going back a few years when we had Santi in that position, because when you've got a two-footed player, when you're being pressed, they don't know which way Santi's going to turn. Exactly. Now, yeah. And it's so pathetic that in modern football, most of our top players are one-footed. Amen. Um, and I noticed tonight. I didn't. I, I'm not saying I've noticed it before, and I'm not saying he should play every week. But El Nenny was passing it neatly across two passes from with his left foot across the other side of the pitch exactly. from the right on many yeah. occasions. I don't see Ceballos do it. I don't see Shaka do it. They're one-footed players. Um, I think Partey's a two-footed player, and I think El Nenny's a two-footed player. And that makes a difference when you're playing, when you're receiving the ball, you know, facing your own keeper. Um, and, and it's a small thing in one sense, but it's a massive thing in another sense. Yeah, I tell you who's the most one-footed player on our team is Kieran Tierney. Tierney. Yeah. Yeah, he Sorry. really is. And, of course, he's good with that foot, but he uses it. When he's dribbling, it's inside, outside, left foot, and you think, oh, there's a ball with his right foot. It's on it. He won't do it. Yeah, so if 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 a defender you know, stops the channel along the line for Tierney, okay, and he's only got the chance to then put it across his body and pass right to, like okay, you said, obvious pass two yards away, he can't. He's got to do a full one eighty, like you know, dribble, back you know, and, 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 dribble yeah, back. and and Bellerin kind of has to do that too to a point. Yeah. I'm, uh, he almost fell over. Less an issue at full than it is if you're if you're in receiving the ball in the middle. I'm yeah. Afraid. Back to the keepers, lads. Why did we have two keepers on the bench? Good point. I mean, I, I mean, we was chatting, like I said, I'm sure everybody's had a chat about this before the game. Right? Now, it's either 
that's the Arteta's squad, and they only them were sort of fully fit or able to play. So he's decided to take every able body with him, or he's he's just trying to get both the reserves, the sub keepers involved, and he hasn't quite made his mind up who's going to be the number two. Yeah, he could have but, taken somebody like Balogun or Aziz or somebody just the experience instead yeah. of it would have been better, yeah. They just played like a couple of days ago, right? Didn't they? Mm. Balogun and Nelson. That's maybe why he didn't use Nelson as much. I don't know. Yeah. But why but why why I say why take three keepers away with you? Yeah. Well, why well, take well, three keepers away? You know, the question is why buy Runniston in the first place? You know, if, if, <clears> if you buy a second choice that you don't have faith in, what where's the plan? Yeah, because there are there were so many readily available top quality keepers for two or three million. It would happily have been second choice at Arsenal. You know, literally could reel them off. Um, it was a very strange decision. It's the only decision. Well, I mean, people could debate Cedric and debate Mary, but that was just an oddball left field decision. Don't get it at all. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Um, Gambino Snitch says um, he's worried how, how bad. The reserve keeper must be not yeah. to be trusted yet. Do you think that's and Macy's done well on loan? We've got four under twenty three keepers, all of whom are rated by the club. It's just a very strange decision. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a really weird one that, and um, maybe maybe the plan, uh, guys, is that um, he'll play the back end of the Europa League because if you look at the selections across the board, uh, Carabao Cup as well, Arteta wants to you know, put his first uh, strong foot forward and play first teamers. And he's so Runison's not the only one not getting a game is my point. Yeah. I think, I think with the Europa League though, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll get three games out of the way, three wins, and then we'll see a lot of the kids. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Maybe, I mean, you know, I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it in the Champions League, but in the Europa League, we're good enough. Our kids are good enough to beat Dundalk's first team, let's face it. You know, it should be. So, you know, hopefully we'll get three games. Nice famous last words. Uh, we'll get three games out of the way. We'll have nine points. And then we might see Aziz and we might see some of the younger players and Balogun and so forth, which would be really exciting. So, yeah, that'd be great to see. Um, it is a little worrying that there have been a few games um, and there were a few, obviously, in, in, in last season under Arteta where it just seemed like stuff wasn't wasn't clicking and he he has left substitutes to you know to kind of a bit later team sometimes he seems um you know not he doesn't want to make early subs T today he made those subs i felt they could have been made a lot earlier in fact i was surprised mm. he didn't make one at half time so i don't get to go after yeah i mean yeah it was it was it was eddie wasn't it he was all, already on a booking so yeah. I, I didn't understand why he stayed on as, as long as he did, especially as it, it just weren't working. It just weren't working for him down the left. So, yeah. I mean, either he had to take Lacazette off and push him in the middle or take him off. And, it, yeah, no, it, it was a weird one. But, again, we've got to remember that Arteta is still learning. He's still young. He's still learning the job. He's still learning his in-game management. And, all right, he's got fellas around him that he trusts. And... I couldn't really say a bad word against anybody else of his backroom staff at the moment. They all seem decent fellas. They all seem like they're giving him good advice, which he needs. But he is still learning, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? We've, we've got to bear with him like we're bearing with Sacco every now and then. Do you know what I mean? If that was a Premier League game, I think uh, Eddie would have been sent off tonight because there was an elbow, wasn't there, early in the second half. I said, Eddie, I said it in the WhatsApp group, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. I said he should have gone. I felt Party was unlucky to get that first yellow card because it was quite funny in the replay. You saw that he, you know, he hits him with a flat arm, 
but then you saw the next five steps that he took. He had exactly the same running style. It was just his, you know, the octopus kind of. You know, what you mean, I mean, now we've had the, yeah, he's had his full 90 minutes. We know the party's going to play against Leicester. It's going to be so fascinating to see who's selected with him. It really is. I mean, I literally, I couldn't call it. You know, obviously, we know it's now not going to be on any because he's played 90 minutes tonight. So is it going to be Sabayal? Is it going to be Shaka? You know, where's, your, where's your money, boys? Well, I mean, uh, is it going to be both of them? Yeah, could be potential. potential. It could be dictated by injury too, because Tobias is uh, is injured. Am I right there? Allegedly. Oh, he said no. They said he's uh, it's been not been risked tonight, but he should be okay for Sunday. Yeah, just a yeah. sore ankle. And how and how bad is Williams' injury? It's a calf calf injury, right? But that wouldn't affect who plays in midfield, would it necessarily? No, no. I was just wanting to talk about injuries because um, you know, just that's what. Hey, what do you guys think about Danny Tobias playing? Um, in a three as the um, as the anchor, the defensive midfielder, because I know he's not a defensive player and he has no pace, but his uh, defensive game, his defensive numbers and output have significantly increased. And, of course, you have a choice, don't you, whether you want to have a ball player in that position or a defensive mm. player. Ideally, you want both. And to me, he's definitely a ball player and, he's, and his defensive game has improved. So I'd be interested in having him as the as the defensive anchor, just to try it with party to his right, giving him more of a box-to-box role. And then you've got other options. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Ainsley Maitland-Niles playing as the third midfielder. Um, but and then you've got Xhaka you could use, use out there. What do you think about Savias, first of all, sitting... Uh, I, I think at the end of last season, he did that role. I mean, in different formation, but he hmm. was deeper of the two. And his interception and tackles was the highest, from lockdown to the end of the season, his interceptions were the highest in the Premier League. So he reads the game well. So it's very much like Arteta when he moved back to that role. You have a ball player who anticipates and reads the game. So I've got no problem with Sabias in that role. I, I, I'd love to see Ainsley Maynard play as well. I'm just, I'm interested to see if he's as wedded to Shaka as most of our fan base think he is. Yeah. Because I've never known, with the exception of possibly Ozil, and I wouldn't even necessarily include Ozil, you know, Shaka's been at the club five years. It's literally still 50 50 on him. And for a player to still be 50-50 in the fan base after five years, for me, is he really good enough to play for Arsenal? If half the fan base don't think he offers anything and half the fan base think we're rubbish without him, that's so strange, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Isn't yeah but, but, Gav, um, but Gav, Marmite has been around for 78 years. People, <laughs> people are still divided. By, um, yeah. uh, to, me, to me, with Granite Xhaka, Dave, it's all about the fact that, that Granite Xhaka has a ceiling. I don't see maybe El Nenny does too, but he's not in this conversation. But most players, you'd, you'd hope, don't really have that ceiling and, and you see them improving. I, I think Granite Xhaka is as good as he's going to be. And so we have to put him in a position where his strengths are exhibited and his weaknesses are, are not. But um, I sway back and forth with him, but I always see that ceiling with him and I don't see improvement. I see a player who plays very close to his ceiling, hence why he starts all the time, mm. but, but he's not pushing his ceiling. Yeah. So, I mean, and, go, go, yeah, I mean going, going back yeah. to Sabayos... Yeah, but oh, sorry, just finish on Shaka. The reason why he is favoured by so many and why he has been in the side is because his passing range is better than anyone else we've had. The question is, you know, having seen Partey in an Arsenal shirt, a lot of people think, crikey, this guy's got a passing range, short, long, you know, and it may be that that's the thing that we've kept Shaka in the side for because he's the best passer. And if, yeah. we'd have, if we have someone else who's as good as us, as good as that, maybe we don't need him. Sorry, Gab, you were going to say about Sabaya. 
Yeah, yeah. Sorry, no. I was just, I was just going back to uh, the original thing about Tobias. And I mean, when we're playing lower division teams uh, or teams in Europa, uh, I can't see no problem with having him. You know, I mean, I call it the quarterback role, Mike. Do you know what I mean, I'm, I'm going all the Americanisms on this, right? I don't mind him being the, you know, the, the first receiver with the ball to, to turn and to, you know, to pass it on to somebody else. But when we're playing against teams where we need a little bit more creativity, that's when I'd like to see him further up the pitch. Do you know I mean, I'd like to see him where Lacazette generally picks the ball up. That's where I'd like Sabayas to be picking the ball up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we've never really given him a stretch of games at an advanced position, so it's sort of hard to know what he's capable of. But he's a multi-touch player. He likes to be on the ball, doesn't he? Want to get it, give it, get it back, get it back, get it back. Um, but maybe he could be a connector. We don't really have um, connection up front. There's there's no one twos or uh, those kind of connections up front. But maybe he could be somebody that could get it and give it in the final third because that's something that could open. The I mean, he, he he always looks to go forwards to me. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I mean, always always looks to go forwards, and obviously we we've parties as well. Who also, I mean, going on tonight, I don't remember too many passes that went directly backwards. He he done a few that was sort of slightly to behind, uh, going out wide. But he's another one. We we've finally got a couple of midfielders uh, that actually want to push the ball forwards every time they get it, and. I think going back to what you were saying, Dave, about why Xhaka splits the fan base is because too often he's looking for the easy ball going backwards. Yeah. He's looking to not make the mistake as opposed to taking the risk. And we wanna we wanna see a bit of we wanna see a bit more risk when when we're when we're holding the ball. What I did notice, um I agree with that, Gav, is um his party tonight. Uh he was he, I mean, he was really, really good at getting the, receiving the ball and 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 avoiding danger, like seeing the danger. And you'd think, oh, this, you know, there's somebody pressing him, and he gets his way out of the press and turns it into an attack really quickly. Um, but the other thing I noticed is that he was picking passes that were like um, would generally have been classed riskier by what what our midfield normally does. So he finds a smaller gap and he pings it right to the person's foot. Unfortunately, our forwards weren't; it wasn't sticking. Like it bounced off them half the time, but he was. But he drilled it into like I say, it was a brilliant pass. He was nailing those passes. Yeah. I mean, just Can't stop him. Can't stop him. And if if that if we can start feeding off of that and actually start using it, um, that'd be great. Because then with Louisa's, you know, he used to play these great long balls over the top, but he hasn't really done that much. He did one tonight, but not as often as he normally does. But if we've got those options to the feet and over the top, then we can bring all of our front people into the game because some of them don't like it, you know, to their feet and some, you know, they want to run onto it. But some are better, you know, getting the ball to to feet. So it's just options. I mean, I mean, for me, it's if he's playing three in the middle. I mean, for me, he's got to go with Party Xhaka and Ceballos. That that would be my that would be my that would be my first choice three. Whether or not Sabayos starts in front of them two or behind them two would depend on who who the opposition is. Yeah, that, it, that would be my three. I find it. I would have might have said that before the season. I right now after last, I find it really difficult to envisage a first choice eleven which doesn't have Bukayo Saka in it. I, I just he's easily our most threatening player outside of a Bamian. He makes things happen. He doesn't lose the ball in tight spaces, and he's creative. I, I 
I don't want to be saying this about a young player that we need him in the side, but right now I do think we need, I don't think those three together gives us enough creativity. I think we need to get Saka in the mix personally. I don't know where, I don't know what formation, whether he gets a free roll behind a front three with two sitting, which is probably what I'd prefer to see. Um, you know, I just genuinely want to see Saka get a chance to play behind the strikers, not out wide. You know, and that's what I, and it may never work. I might be completely wrong, but I would love to see it. Yeah. Have you ever seen a young player, uh, Dave, who is put in so many different positions and is so consistent, regardless of where the coach puts him, he puts in, you know, a seven, eight, nine, ten out of, I've never seen, I don't think in my lifetime, I'm not saying he's the, the greatest ever, whatever, but, but, but for the fact that he's 18, 19 years of age and he's constantly moved around, he's our, our go-to hybrid player, his level of consistency is astonishing. Well, yeah. Well, Maitland-Niles is asked to do it as well because he's, two, he's three oh. years old and he's played twice as many games. So, yeah, I mean, it's amazing for his age. His um, interviews this week yeah. have, been, um, have been pretty great. I mean, just seeing, you know, he's, he's given a hat tip to Arteta and how Arteta basically pointed out to him that he was letting himself down, you know, by not, you know, um, he was his own worst, worst enemy. And I think from that point of view, that Enzi Moetlin now, knowing that his future is in his own hands, you know, you can tell now why he's putting those kind of performances in. I think he's... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Mike. I'd love to see Ainsley given a go in midfield. Um, I really, really would love to see that. So if we, so, if so, so we've, got a, we've got a midfield sorry. then of Party, Saka and Mike Nulls. Well, maybe in the future, you never know. Yeah, you never know. I'm just saying. I mean, it's not... When you, when you think about it, it's not too much of a bad option, really. I mean, I've, I've said many a time, I think this is Shaka's last season at Arsenal. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, we need to catch it. He's going to be, what, 20, 28, 29? If we're going to sell him, you know, he has a good year this year, we can still sell him for good money. Two years, not so much. Yeah. Um, the players we've got coming through, um, yeah, it really depends what we do with Tobias, I guess, at the end of the season. But yeah. I don't think... Uh, he, he, certainly only one of them is going to be here next year. Maybe neither of them. In, so any need- case, in any case, Dave, we need to find goals and we need to have a midfielder game that was like a Cazorla, Ramsey, you know, Ozil when he was on form that were adding 30 or 40 goals, but, you know, between them, you know, our five midfielders would give us like 40 goals a season that weren't just coming from the same two players. Shaq is not ever going to give us that. Party probably will. I think that, you know, I think that he's going to start contributing I'm not Smiles. sure we've ever had three midfield players who give us 40 goals a season, but certainly no, 25. I mean, with all of the subjects behind the Going off this subject, right? Do you know what I was thinking? When, when they were, the camera was paying and the team doing their lineup and all that, right? We've got a few beasts in our team now. We, I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, there's a few boys in there that I go a war with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think that's, I don't think we've had that for a while. I mean, if you look at, Louise and you know, do you know what I mean, and if it just look, we've got a bit, we've got height in the team, we've got boys that are well built, we've got boys with a bit of aggression, and I just thought finally we've not got this that soft tippy tappy style that Wenger bored us with uh, for you know five or six years. So it, that, I, I, I just thought it's a a big sort of shift in the mentality of the yeah. club. Yeah, I think just, I'll by, take, just I'll by looking at the players we're buying, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think he was he was interviewed. And he identified that that you you have to have it's a modern day midfield and the final team has to have athletes in there. But look at two of our our two big purchases, Gabriel and Party, completely different 
uh, body shape to what we've already got in athleticism. So, absolutely, Gav. I thought Wenger was highly disingenuous recently. I, I mean, I haven't watched many of his interviews because it, 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 it's not for me. But saying, oh, you know, modern football is all about buying athletes, not about buying technicians. I thought, hold on a second. You know, in 2004, you had 11 powerful athletes. athletes. You know, whether it was Petty and Vieira, whether it was Vieira and Gilberto, whether it was Pires, these are, you know, with the exception of Lundberg, every player in the team was over six foot and built like a, you know, we built our on powerful athletes. Okay, they were brilliant footballers as well. But I thought that was disingenuous to say that, you know, it's all about modern, you know, athletes. It's not about football anymore. I thought, what? You know, that's what you brought to us, mate. You gave us that. You gave us fantastic athletes. That's why why we put people in the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And I mean, you you look at like Levon, you know, Torrey as well, you can add to that. Do you know what I mean? They're, They're... it was just a lot of powerful, powerful people that he bought. And it seems like we're slowly shifting back towards that. And it, it's just nice to see. So, I mean, obviously, I've got no problems with like the you know, players like Santi Cazola, who, who've done a tremendous job for us. But, I mean, if you compare the sort of midfielders that we're buying and we've got at the moment to like clubs like Haleb, do you know what I mean? It, it's just a different ball game now, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, we oh, love of, the, of the teams that are kind Halep of... was rubbish. Like, you start being Halep, he was shit. No, he wasn't. Yeah. The teams that are dominating, if you look at the cities and Liverpools, you know, they've got players, um, even their small players have got beef, you know, they've got like a, they've got like a doggedness about them, you know. Mm. Um, and I think to just to, whether, whether you're small or big, if you've got that kind of attitude. What did, um, what did you think on the, the weekend against Man City? And it, it's like... Um, the tactical fouling by City was at a level of Porto under Mourinho. And because it's Guardiola, it's not mentioned. Every single time we got away, they, they pulled us back and gave away a foul. They know exactly where to do it. And, and, and nobody says Guardiola's coached them to do that, where he quite obviously has. But if that was Mourinho, we'd all be saying it. Why, why did Guardiola get a free pass on that? Because we're starting to do it. So that's come yeah. from Arteta. And I, I don't I don't I don't love it, but it's part of the modern game and we shouldn't cry away from it. If we're willing to give away a free kick just inside the opposition half, I've got no problem with that. That's the modern game. So why don't we talk about it? Because Guardiola definitely coaches it. Definitely. I think if a team gets more than say three cynical fouls in the game, I think the coach should get a yellow card. And if he gets two yellow cards, he should get sent off and banned for a game. You know what I mean? Because it's, that's, that's coming from the coaching. You know? Right, but it's Pepper Arteta. They have to wear an unfashionable jumper for the game. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. I'd go one step further. I've got a, a solution that everybody's going to hate, all the traditionalists, but I've always thought that a professional foul that's not a red card should be a, a sin bin. Is it rugby that does sin bins? Rugby league. Rugby league. Rugby league. Well, I think um, I think I don't know if you do ten minutes, fifteen minutes, or twenty minutes, ten. but somewhere, somewhere for example, Fernandinho is going to play. He's made his career in England tactical fouling people for years and years and years. He's the sort of player I think he's a yellow card when he walks out of the tunnel. You know he's going to do it anyway, but it doesn't discourage them. And it to me one of the biggest problems in modern football is ruining fantastic opportunities by dishing somebody a pointless yellow card that they don't care less about when the, when the team was on the attack. And Manchester City, like Dave says, does it constantly. But that, that the punishment doesn't fit the crime, so that's why they keep doing it. So you have to change 
the punishment. Give them 20 minutes to sit orange in. Card. Yeah, orange card. You'll stay off for seven minutes. Or yeah. You know, there's a lot that, that could be learned from rugby's officiating, honestly. I mean, yeah. you know, um, I mean, everything. The transparency when, when there's a VAR call, for instance, in rugby, you know, the ref will speak on the loudspeaker with a person and they will specify what it is that they're going to go and do. So, for instance, I'm awarding a goal, but I'm going to go and check if that last pass was offside and if there was a push in the back of the defender just before the guy, you know, headed the goal in. So there's no, like, license for VAR to go back, like, 15 minutes and, you know, just basically, like, they're fishing. They go on these fishing expeditions and you see them looking at, like, five or six different incidents that never seem to be called into question. It just needs to be more transparent. And obviously with PG, MOL, and we just don't get that. You but also, you know, like... You went to public school, can't you? <laughs> so I've just, seen what my, I've just seen what Mick said in the uh, Facebook chat. We must have been well up in the table in the longest in the shower league. <laughs> Can I go back to uh, Dave's point on Xhaka? being arguably in his last year. I think that's a really interesting conversation. I found a player recently who um, I think might take the same path as Granite Xhaka, who is uh, at the same club that Granite Xhaka came from, who's getting rave re reviews in Germany, uh, but he's a, a significantly more athletic and two-way player than Granite Xhaka. And I think we need to keep an eye out for him. Uh, his name is Florian Neuhaus. He plays for uh, Munchen Gladbach as the defensive midfielder. He's a he's a technical player. He's uh, fantastic on the ball, and he's a destroyer as well. And you might have seen on Twitter. I think it was yesterday. There was a pass of the day or a play of the day. He was a guy that hit the ball fifty yards on the ground and split uh, the back four, and, and uh, Munchen Gladbach um, scored in the Champions League off the back of it. But I've watched him Neuhaus a lot, and he's one I think we need to keep an eye on. But um, I'm interested in Dave's thought as this is Xhaka's last year. Tobias might not return. So Arsenal are probably going to get a true DM. And this is what this guy, this guy is six foot tall and he's 23. So I'm, I'm sort of describing almost like the perfect player age-wise, league-wise, height-wise, athletically. So I think he's somebody to keep an eye on. Florian Neuhaus. I think there's people in this in the youth squad. I mean, Dave has been doing an amazing series um, with with John Willow um, about all the oh, Arsenal youth players. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. If you haven't read it, go to Gunnerstown.com and, and and read it because it's it's really like a glimpse of the future. There's a thing called a Willow meter where where you know he gives he gives them a rating out of twenty as to how you know their chances of succeeding in the Arsenal first team. And there's some players going in there that if they turn out to be you know, um, as good as what Dave and, and, and John have put in the article. I think and, uh, that's, what, that's the player I'm talking about. If, if, we, if we get through these first three games, which we will, I think Miguel Aziz will feature in the Europa League in, in the group phases. I mean, he, he, he's, he's a year older than um, Charlie. Um, so I think Miguel Aziz has got a very good chance. The other one who may well feature is Ben Cottrell. Uh, and at the moment, he can play attacking midfield or he can play. He's played a few times at left wing back, so they're sort of grooming him as cover. So they're the two, I think, may get some minutes in, in the latter stages of this early group phase. So Aziz and Cottrell are the two, I think. We've just got to win the next two games, basically, haven't we? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But the, but the other thing, going back to the Neuhaus thing or Shithouse, whatever his name was, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I do think you're just, you know, it depends how much you believe in Ainsley, doesn't it? Yeah. Because, you know, well, the first time I saw Ainsley play that role, um, 
It was against Southampton in the FA Cup in Yeah, I remember. Uh, the midfield three was um, um, Jeff, Ben Adelaide, Alex Upgrade Chamberlain, and Angel Maitland-Niles. And then we had um, Perez, um, Welbeck making his comeback and, and Walker up front. And I thought we're going to get battered because they had their first team out. And Maitland-Niles and Jeff Ren Adelaide ran the game. Yep. And Maitland-Niles just sat in front of the back four, giving it to Jeff, giving it to Ox, putting it out wide. And I thought, crikey, we've got to play here. We yeah. have got a player here. Uh, and he's, uh, he's had the odd game at Old Trafford where he played centre midfield and we've given him minutes. And obviously when he's been playing the inverted fullback, he's, he's been able to push into midfield and you can see glimpses of the athleticism. But I just think maybe, just maybe, the fact that Arteta has faith in him, he, he, you know, as Mike said, he has, a, he has a glimpse of what we might see there because I think he, I think he's got it all. I really he's do. A, he's, a, he's, a, he's a bit of a beast as well, let's be honest. Yeah. He's another, yeah. he, he, he ticks that box. Well, I wrote that blog at the start of the season on Gunnerstown saying if we're going for Partey at the start of the window, if that's the player we want, then we need to keep Ainsley Mountain Mount Lars because he's the closest thing we've got to Partey. And I think you need two players in every position. So if Partey's your number one, Maitland Lars is the closest thing we've got in attributes to Thomas Partey. And I still believe that. Yeah. Amen to that. Absolutely. I remember that game vividly uh, as well. And he, you're right, Dave. I think he's he's got everything. He's got the speed, the athleticism, the passing range. He's got the line-breaking uh, dribbling. I think he's actually got goals in him. He's never produced that. But you, you see him yeah. in the final third. And I think he, he's just never been given a, a block of games to prove that he's a midfielder at Arsenal football. Yeah, but should... should is, is it that my... Like I say, I mean, when I when I talk to Kino's about Maitland Knowles, and I'd say even though whatever you think of my mate Kino's, uh, surely by his age, where he's 23, I don't know when he's 24, not that that matters, but he he's should have a... He's until he's 24. Of, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> but uh, he, should have, he should have a position nailed down by now. Yeah, but it's not, not his fault. It's not his fault. No, no, it's not his fault. I'm not. I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying. Is it? it I mean, I thought he was going to play tonight. I thought he, he's odds on to start tonight, and, mm. and he didn't. Uh, but I think really, if he might have to take a step back and completely learn and specialise in one position. Well, because the fact that he's coming on as utility here, there, and everywhere, or right, that's good enough to get in the England team. Right? But I ain't necessarily good enough to get in the Arsenal team. Yeah, but, but on the other side of that, I would say he's arguably has uh, been given one position because most every time he's on the field, he plays left uh, left wing back. Mm. Uh, so I think that he just doesn't play every week. But when he does, uh, is I, he getting shoehorned in there though, Mike? Is like I say, like like Ed, like Eddie was tonight. I think he's just getting shoehorned in there. I don't, I don't think that's his best position. I don't see that at all. I don't see that. I think. I think he's shut down Adama Traore, uh, Mo Salah, uh, Riyad Mahrez. And then so he does the, the defensive part has been a huge improvement. And then he moves, as Dave said, to the uh, inverted central midfielder. And so you've got that that part of his game that you can utilise because he's a midfielder rather than a defender. I think he's been fantastic. He's just, um, again, he's another one that just he gets a run of games and then he, he vanishes for a few weeks. So yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not like to say. I mean, I, I, like, I like him. I'm not slagging him off. I'm just saying that he should really have sort of. a I don't think that that's his natural, natural role or natural position. And I think really by his sort of age, he should have. He should have that. He should, we should know where his best position is, and he should know where his best position is, and he should be practicing and coming on and playing where his best position is. It's another one of those things where the game changes because. His best season, if you like, by his own 
mission is was when he played for Mick McCarthy in Ipswich, and they played 4-4-2, and he played wide midfield. He played about 35 games that season. And that, if you asked him then, what's your position, he would say right midfield. You know, but that, but that, no one plays 4-4-2, and right midfield doesn't exist. So the closest thing to it is the right wing-back role. But Bellerin's now back on top form. Um, and I think a lot of people, when there's rumours of Bellerin going, I think a lot of people thought Maitland-Niles, that was going to be his position. Yeah. Why we were keeping him. And obviously, Bellerin's now back to somewhere near his best. So that's a tricky one for him. So he's going to be an understudy in midfield and an understudy in left back. He'll get a lot of games, but I don't think he's going to nail a position this season. That would be a really right. interesting question for Arteta, though, wouldn't it? If you had a chance to ask him a question, I'd love to ask him if Ainsley Maitland-Niles will ever be given a run of games as a midfielder at Arsenal. I'd be fascinated by his answer there. Uh, I, think the Euro- I think the League Cup going to... Going, you know, going to one game and all crammed hasn't helped the young players this season. You know, in the past, that was the competition where we saw, you know, two legs, you know, in the later stages, a lot of games leading up to the semi-finals. And now it's all compressed and we're, you know, we're already in the semi-finals. We played three games and we're in the semi-finals in a week. So, and that's the time when we were deciding who's going to loan and who we're not going to loan the youngsters. So normally those games would start when the window's finished and we'd know which youngsters we had left and they'd all get game time in the, in the, in the League Cup. We haven't had that this season. So I think that's a tricky Yeah, We've had strong opponents too, haven't we, in the League Cup? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I have a, a, a weirdo season. I have a, a hypothetical for you guys. Um, if we didn't have Pepe, if we hadn't have signed him, um, and or he wasn't in the equation, how how would you line up this team? Would it would it would it would you end up you know shoot putting Willian in there? Um, because he's because we've got him, or is there another way of of user, like utilizing the players that we have? Um, well, if everyone's there, I'd have Martinelli right now. I'd have Martinelli, Saka, and Abamyang as long as we've got the creativity behind them. But but I don't at the moment. I'd rather see Saka behind. I, I it's a good question um, whether Reese Nelson would have had a run of games all last season. You know, we might know a different Reese Nelson by now. He definitely is a confidence player. He needs a run of games, uh, as Mike said, but. I still think there's a player in Pepe. I still think there's a player in there. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I'll pick that one up and I'll say that um, there's just too many question marks to be absolutely sure. There's a massive question mark over Reese Nelson because the guy uh, was Arsenal's, until this new crop's come along, he was Arsenal's best academy prospect for a while, wasn't he? Um, mm. Question mark there. Uh, not so much of a question mark over Martinelli. He's just been out injured. Smith Rowe, big question mark every time that guy, opportunity, a game open up for him. He's injured again. So there, there's a question mark. Question mark over Willian. He should be the man. He should grab that opportunity and, and run with it. But he's played well once this season and been mediocre at best in the, in the other. You could play Saka on that side, as Dave said. Saka would probably play right if, if you did Dave's front three, maybe Martinelli on the left and the Bamiang in the middle. That would be worth looking at because Saka plays well everywhere he plays. Uh, I'd like to see, like Dave said, Saka drift as well. And, and um, uh, you know, if you had Martinelli on the left, you wouldn't want him to be a playmaker. So maybe Saka drifting, Martinelli on the left and, and the Bamiang in the middle. Well, what they do at Villa now is, if you notice, the Villa this season, and obviously they're flying. They've given Grealish a free roll from the left, like Chelsea did with Hazard. So they're playing three midfielders. Grealish isn't one of the three midfielders. Grealish is normally starting left wing. He's obviously not a left winger, and he can go wherever he wants. That's what you can do with Saka. 
Yeah. If you've got, Mark, you got Martinelli and Aubameyang, you know, as the other two, Saka's the one that basically just goes to where, you know, you can go where you want, mate. Go and create, go and cause damage like Grealish does. He's not playing in the midfield three this season for Villa. He's playing left wing. Yeah, I think Barkley has maybe... Barkley seems to have also transformed that. And he, he and Grealish have got a... You know, I think he's unlocked something where it's not always Grealish. Oh, they're, they're, they're horrible bastards, aren't they? But together, <laughs> they're, together they're going to make a, a nice little duo, Barkley, let's be honest. That's a great gamble. That's a great gamble by uh, Dean Smith. Barkley's always been a good player. He's just yeah. never been a good player week in, week out. And their goalie's pretty good too. Anyway, listen, guys. I think <laughs> yeah. I that's it. We're done. You want to carry on without me um, and no, talk I about the summer back? But, uh, I, th- I, th- I think I think we're done. I'm done. Uh, I think um, Gary uh, Gary Clark has just said that BBC Four is showing she wore a yellow ribbon. It's just started right now. On Twitter at the weekend, they had it on BBC Two at the weekend. I watched the whole film. Brilliant, John Wayne. Okay. Classic. Well, it's just started. It's on, absolutely um, absolutely on brilliant film. That's where the song that's comes from. That's where the song yeah. comes from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, folks, it's been awesome having you. I'm not going to try and play the video because I'll make a fool of myself. <laughs> no, go on. Go on one job. Go on. You've only got one job. You've only got one job. Go okay. on. You can do it. Fine. No, I'll, I'm going to do it. Go, oh, we've got, go we got double pull. We've got two jobs. Double pull. Gav, say something so I can catch you off. Uh...